It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you today? Doing pretty good. What's up, man? Not a whole lot. Today we're going to start probably about a three-day look at John Robinson's time here as the general manager. Uh, we get a couple questions on Twitter about that, about you know, kind of looking into him. And I, I think as the year went along last year, um, you, you know, coming into last year, I think everybody was you know like really really high on John Robinson, thought he'd done a great job. Um, but I, I think that kind of wore off a little bit as the season went along. And so we're going to try to go through his three off seasons that he's had since he's been here and talk through those and, and not necessarily give a grade, but just kind of give an overall impression of that and, and kind of what that means, you know, for the franchise. Before we do that, remind you, right for me to see miracles.com where we cover the Titans for SB Nation. So you can check us out there. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at jmorrismcm, Terry Datsy Lambert, FB. You can get the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just search out Locked on Titans. You can also play us on your smart speaker, whether it be in your car, in your house, whatever it is. Just say, play podcast Locked on Titans, and you'll get us there. We do a voicemail show uh, about once a week. We've been able to do that pretty much every, every week so far this offseason. Uh, people calling and leaving voicemails. we got a couple already. A couple more would be good for a show on Thursday. Uh, so 615-787-8762. That's the number you call. Uh, just leave you know like a minute-long message, a comment, question, whatever it is, and we'll play it and talk about it on the show on Thursday. All right, so kind of setting the stage here, um, we're, we're talking through John Robinson. Um, I mean, the first thing that we, I, I think we have to acknowledge is that regardless of, you know, the, the stuff we talk about over the next three days, he's better than Rustin Webster, right? I mean, <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. It's point. not saying a whole lot. Um, right, exactly. It's a low bar. Uh, you were mentioning, you know, this AAF that kicked off over the weekend. Um, you know, there's like three teams at their highest drafted player uh, on that team was drafted by Rustin Webster and the Titans. So that, that kind of tells you everything you need to know about Rustin Webster's time here. He did do some uh, a few uh, good things. I mean, he drafted Luan, uh, drafted Mariota. You know, there's a couple of things. But, like, for the most part, he was, you know, pretty much a disaster as the GM here. So there was nowhere to go but up when John Robinson took over. Because, I mean, you know, the Titans, when they, had, when they drafted – so they had the second pick the one year and then, and then the first pick the next year, and they really had the worst roster in the league both of those years. So, um, you know, it, it, it had just been decimated. There was nothing here when, when John Robinson got here. So he's obviously been better than that, done a better job than that, both in free agency and in the draft. But I do think at this point it's fair to question some of the decisions he's made. And so that's kind of what we're going to just talk through. So we'll start with free agency from 2016. 2016 – was when John Robinson was hired. Um, you know, Mike Malarkey, that was also his first year as the head coach here. Um, the, you know, he made, I think his best move that offseason was trading for DeMarco Murray, uh, which is funny because that might have been the thing that was the most criticized because, you know, they, they, gave, a bunch, they gave DeMarco Mar- Murray a bunch of money. If you were talking about one, you know, DeMarco Murray was obviously bad in Philadelphia too. Um, you know, the value of the running back position, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, they knew that they needed to be a run-heavy offense. They knew that's what Mike Malarkey and Terry Rubisky wanted to do. Uh, you know, they were not happy. The Eagles weren't happy with DeMarco Murray. Um, and, you know, they basically traded fifth-round picks for him. That was really all they gave up, plus the money. So that deal was really, really good. And, you know, the Titans were 9-7 that first year under Malarkey. 
And I don't think they get very close to that record if they don't have DeMarco Murray. I think we need to point out that this was also an arranged marriage with Robinson and Malarkey. Um, not exactly John Robinson's pick uh, of the head coach there. It was kind of known that Malarkey was going to get the job. So right then and there, that's that's kind of, you know, we've seen that happen around the league. It, it typically does not work out. So that was kind of a, a red flag for us, um, you know, thinking back to when Malarkey was hired. You know, it wasn't received very well. But, uh, of course, John Robinson is going to take the job to, to become an NFL GM. But moving on, you know, getting to Marco Murray – really fit what Malarkey wanted to do. Uh, and, and like you said, they didn't give up hardly anything to get him. Um, and it was a position, it's, it's interesting because, you know, you kind of think running back is the, the most easily fixable position in the league. Well, Titans went through a lot of names and, and just could not find an answer. And you think about Sean Green and Bishop Sankey and uh, Antonio Andrews and the list goes on and on. Uh, so to shore that up, to, to get a capable, proven NFL veteran uh, walking through the door to be in the backfield with Marcus Mariota uh, for virtually nothing. You know, you paid him some money. That's fine. Um, I, I think it was worth it. We've talked about before on the show uh, how much DeMarco Murray meant to the organization. Uh, I, I think he just brought that, that attitude uh, and really started to fix what had become a fractured locker room. Yeah, and you know, I, I think one point too to make about Demarco Murray is I, fans, I think, started to get mad at him at, at the end of his time here because it was clear in 2017 that Demarco Murray was done. But you know, Mike Malarkey and Terry Bisky were not willing, were not ready to give up on him yet at that point. And so I think fans were getting mad at Demarco Murray, but it wasn't really his fault. They they should have scaled back his workload in that second year, and, and they didn't do that. So, but yeah, I mean, like you said, changing the culture in the locker room, uh, you know, helping them go nine and seven, being a you know just an all around really good back. Um, I, I didn't have any idea when he came here that he was as good of a receiver as he ended up being. So that that was a really good move, and and like a franchise stabilizer, so to speak. So that one was probably. I mean, that's one of the best moves he's made, John Robinson, since he's been here. Uh, when you move to look at the rest of the free agent class that year, uh, the, the the main names, Matt Castle, Ben Jones, Rashard Matthews, Al Woods, Byron Bell, Rashad Johnson, Antoine slash Valentino Blake, um, you know, obviously a mixed bag there. Um, I think we start with the good, Ben Jones and Rashard Matthews. Um, you know, I, th- I think Ben Jones' play has dropped off a little bit at, at this point. But if you go back to that 2000, that, that 2016 team, um, Ben Jones is really good. And again, the Titans had issues at, at interior offensive line for a long time, have them again. But for, for a year there, the, the offensive line was really good. And Ben Jones was a big part of that. Came in and solidified that center spot, did a really nice job there. Rashard Matthews, again, the end of, of his time here was a disaster, quitting on the team, all that kind of stuff. But those first two years, I mean, he was their most dependable weapon, you know, outside of Delaney Walker in the passing game, definitely their most dependable receiver. Uh, didn't give up a, didn't even have to pay Rashard Matthews all that much money. And that was just a good job there of kind of identifying a guy uh, on the secondary market and being able to say, hey, this guy can really come in and help us, and we don't have to pay him necessarily this top-tier money. So those those two acquisitions right there were really instrumental in what they were able to do in that first season. 
really solidified uh, two positions that, that really needed to be solidified. Needed some veteran leadership. Uh, you know, you think about the Titans' offensive line in, in 2015. Uh, I, I think that was the year that Joe Looney was starting at, at center. Um, just wasn't very good. They had they had so many names go through that offensive line. So many injuries too. Uh, we got to note that. So, but getting Ben Jones in here, a, a guy that had four or five years of experience in Houston, that was big. It was big for that run game. You talked about Demarco Murray. Uh, ben Jones was a big part of that, uh, getting the offensive line in order. Uh, and same goes with Rashard Matthews. You know, we, we all have a negative connotation with Matthews, but it's really easy to forget that he was a thousand yard receiver here. Uh, easily, you know, Marcus Mariota's most reliable target early on. Um, you know, a, a guy that, that was nothing flashy, nothing special, uh, just went out and, and did his job up until this year. So um, it was it was kind of a big loss for, for Mariota not to have that presence on the field, as we saw later uh, this season. But at the time, you know, I think the Titans got two really good years out of Rashard Matthews. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I mean, he was he was a guy that came in here, and he was a part of that culture change, too. Weird that it went the way that it did. But, um, you, you know, he was a guy that really came in and helped with that as well. All right, coming up, we will finish off the conversation around the free agents from 2016. Matt Williamson brings the scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen he's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play yeah let's throw a couple nuggets out on Allen and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3 what's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted and he got better I thought this past year which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so like I mentioned, I mean, you've got Matt Castle in that group as well. And, I mean, I think he was a fine signing at the time. Again, you know, it didn't, it didn't end up very well uh, in his time here. And I think that they really, back in 17, were planning on, you know, Alex Tandy beating him out. That didn't work out. But, I mean, I think Matt Castle was was fine as a backup at, at that point in his career. Then you look at guys like Al Woods and Byron Bell, who didn't really do that much here, but have gone on to have, you know, at least pretty solid uh, contributions to, to other teams um, since they left here. So again, those are those were more like role guys. Um, you know, I mean, the, the eternal search for a nose tackle. I guess you throw Al Woods in, in that list there. But neither one of those guys they, they didn't give a ton of money to either one of those guys. Um, and, and guys that came in and, and were fine in their role. Rashad Johnson was good in, in his one year here. Um, you know, it was just kind of a one year deal, kind of a, a stopgap there. Uh, Antoine Blake was not good um, and was not only not good, but made a bunch of stupid mistakes on the field. 
Um, so that, that didn't necessarily work out. But again, I, I mean, I don't think they, they planned on him being like a, like a franchise corner or anything like that. But I mean, I guess anytime you get down, down the list of free agents, you're going to have some, some hits and some misses type deals there. But I mean, overall, looking at this, this first free agency class, it, I mean, it was really, really good. You would give him a high grade for the group that he brought in when you consider the contributions that they made both in the locker room and on the field. Yeah, once you get past DeMarco and Ben Jones, Rashard Matthews, it's a bunch of Band-Aids. And you're going to get a mixed bag every single year with those. I mean, you just don't know how much these guys have left in the tank. You know, uh, different situations for each player. Uh, Al Woods was okay here, but he really blossomed in Dallas. And again, that's not John Robinson's fault. Uh, Al Woods didn't do it here. Uh, and, you know, the nose tackle is kind of a, a dying position, uh, so to speak, in the league. So... Uh, you're right. It's one of those eternal searches for the nose tackle that uh, didn't exactly pan out. So he also had guys like Sean Spence, uh, Nate Palmer, special teamers, uh, guys that contributed to this team. Uh, yeah, Antoine Blake. Uh, you know, when, when the Titans signed him, I think people that really paid attention around the league knew who Antoine Blake was. You know, I remember the Steelers fans laughing when the Titans signed him. Uh, they turned out to be very right. Uh, Antoine Blake was one of the worst corners in the league there for a couple of years. So uh, hits and misses there, but you're not really going to hold his feet to the fire with that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, I think he's one of those guys. He was really, really fast. Um, and so those guys tend to keep getting chances um, just because you think maybe you have a coach that can get to him and can kind of harness that. So um, not a big deal there. And then the last thing that we should mention, the, the trade they pulled off, Really, sometime in August, I think it was right before the season started, where um, you know he sent Doriel Green Beckham and, and got Dennis Kelly. Um, you know, and I mean, I think at the at the point that it happened, a lot of people were shocked that you would trade a second round pick for a, a backup offensive tackle. But you know, Doriel Green Beckham obviously was a part of that old culture that just didn't fit in what they were trying to build here. And so, you know, I don't think. I would be surprised even at the time if John Robinson knew he was getting a guy that would contribute as much as, as Dennis Kelly has over the past couple of years. Um, that's that's turned out to be a really good trade for the Titans just because Kelly has been good in the time that he's that he's had to play. And he's had to play in quite a few different spots. So he's been a really valuable piece on this team. And, you know, obviously Doral Green Beckham, you know, flamed out of the league. So, I mean, that was that was a really good trade too that I think some people kind of forget about. Just kind of because of the timing when it happened, and I, I think most Titans fans probably don't even know how Dennis Kelly ended up on this roster. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to go back and think about because when it happened, now I was like, that's all? That's all you're going to get? Uh, but it's turned out to be a, a really productive player. And, and with Doriel Green Beckham, you know, it, fans get attached to these receivers, right? They get attached to these tall, fast receivers. Uh, but, it, look, Beckham just didn't have the, the, the drive, the want to. Uh, to get better and to to be a real force in this league, uh, it was pretty obvious. You know, it didn't take John Robinson long to figure that out. Uh, credit to him. I, I mean, credit to him and his staff for for evaluating Kelly and seeing that as a guy that could come in and, and provide some depth. Uh, and, and who knows, man? He he might have a chance to start uh, heading into 2019. Yeah. So that's that's just an uh, like I said, an underrated piece of that off season. All right, coming up, we will look at John Robinson's first draft here. 
All right, so John Robinson's first pick for the Titans was Jack Conklin. Uh, obviously, he made the trade with the Rams. The Titans had the first pick. Um, we're happy with Marcus Mariota. Traded back with the Rams, got a bunch of picks, ended up trading back up to number eight to get Jack Conklin. Um, I know, you know, Conklin was really good in his first year. Obviously, the Titans helped him a lot, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, was, you know, pretty good his second year, then got hurt. Last year was, was kind of a mess. So, you know, I don't think at this point, I don't know, I guess it's still kind of hard to grade that pick at this point, which I feel like we should be a little bit closer than we are with him. But we've just seen big ups and big downs last year. You know, I, I want to believe that he wasn't fully healthy, and that was what, what was the biggest part of his issue. But it's going to be really interesting to see what he looks like once we get into 2019 camp. Yeah, if you're a if you've been following us for for a long time and have been on MCM for a long time, you probably remember the post that I did on Jack Conklin, which you know it wasn't very good at the time. His college tape as a, uh, his last year at Michigan State was not very good. Uh, I wasn't happy with this pick, but the the tackle spot had to be addressed. The right tackle spot did. Uh, Jeremiah Potassi was not the answer. I, I don't, I'm not sure if I've ever seen a draft pick as high as that one uh, flame out as quickly as he did. Uh, but it had to be addressed. Jack Conklin was, was who uh, John Robinson, you know, clearly identified a guy. You know, you go back and, and uh, there was a lot of talk about Laramie Tunsil. Uh, there was a lot of talk about Jalen Ramsey. You can kind of debate that the, the Jalen Ramsey. Uh, pick there, you would have had to stay right there at one to, to get Ramsey. Um, you know, Jack Conklin is interesting because I, I think we all want him to be to, to return to that rookie form, but it's a little scary now with the knee uh, being hurt. Will he return to that form? So I, I'm not sure. I think there's a lot of questions surrounding Conklin, uh, and really just kind of clouds a, a pretty shaky first draft for John Robinson. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think 2019 is going to be really big as far as that's concerned. And they got a decision coming up in the next few weeks if they're going to pick up that fifth-year option or not on Conklin. Um, all right, so then the second round in that in that draft, uh, the Titans picked up two second-round picks from the Rams in that trade. You had Kevin Dodd at 33, which was the Titans pick, and then you had Austin Johnson and uh, Derrick Henry. They were drafted after that. Uh, I guess actually the Titans already had two second-round picks. The the 45 where they picked Henry was the one they picked up from the Rams uh, in that deal. Kevin Dodd, I mean, obviously the the worst pick that John Robinson has made to this point. Again, uh, a pick that you didn't like when it initially came down and it just kind of played out that he just, he wasn't an edge guy. And obviously, I I don't know, the desire or whatever um, was an issue with him as well. You look at Austin Johnson, um, I mean, you got to call that pick a bus at this point, don't you? I think so. I mean, second round, forty-third pick overall, and just hasn't really developed into much of anything. I mean, he's a, he's a rotational guy, sure, but they, you know, it just hadn't. I don't know. It, 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 he hadn't he hadn't paid off that pick at this point. Then you got Derrick Henry, who you know, at the midpoint of last season, I would have said that pick was a bust as well. And really, I mean, my biggest criticism of John Robinson halfway through this season, halfway through this past season was this second round in 2016 because you have three picks there inside. You had four picks in that draft inside of the top 45, three in the second round. That's that's a chance to really, really, you know, turn around your franchise. And until Derrick Henry came on at, at the in the last, you know, six, six weeks of the season, the Titans have basically gotten nothing 
out of that so far. Um, I, I think at this point we can at least say that you know we, we see the potential with Derrick Henry that you know that's gonna that pick's gonna end up returning pretty good value, um, so that's good. But I don't know. I still really when you look at those four four picks in 2016 with Conklin and three second round guys, I, I feel like they should have been able to get more done there. Absolutely. Um, you start with Kevin Dodd. Uh, a guy that I was all over, Chris Jones, a uh, defensive lineman that landed with the Chiefs. That's who I was. Uh, that's who I was wanting Titans to take, get that impact defender to go along with Jarrell Casey. Of course, Jones has, has gone on to be a, a really productive player for the Chiefs. Uh, Kevin Dodd, man, he didn't have the athletic profile of a pass rusher. Uh, he had that real good stretch of play to end Clemson's 2015 season. Uh, had. A I believe three sacks in the national championship game uh, against Alabama uh, and, and just really use that to shoot up draft boards. But uh, man, the production was there for one year, but that's all he had came in and was 275 pounds ballooned up to 280. Just uh, n- never give Titans anything. Uh, he, he was hurt when he got there and never really seemed to, to ever get healthy. So uh, yeah, just, just a, a huge bet bust at 33 overall. Uh, you know, you'd hope John Robinson learned his lesson there, not drafting guys, not drafting pass rushers without that great athletic profile. Um, he certainly busted that trend last last year uh, with Harold Landry. But Austin Johnson, uh, nothing more than, than a role player, uh, nothing more than a backup, just depth at this point. And then Derek Henry was depth at that point too. I remember Paul Kaharski writing a post and, and saying the Titans drafted nothing but depth in that second round and I had to agree uh so we were underwhelmed with this this second round the day it happened uh and and unfortunately it really hasn't changed to this point outside of Derrick Henry yeah now move on to that third round pick and that's where they got Kevin Byard um and so I think you know kind of he's a guy a lot like uh you know Cortland Finnegan back in the day I mean Finnegan was a sixth round pick Byard third round pick so a big difference there but, you know, when you, you missed on some other guys, when you get guys in the, you know, middle to late in drafts um, that, are, that end up being really, really good players, uh, you, you can kind of cover up some of those misses. And so, I mean, Bayard's a guy that is obviously, you know, was an all-pro, um, had a, you know, has just continued to get better as he's played here. Um, and he's a guy that's going to get paid in the next couple of years. So I, I don't think that's, that's a great pick. I, obviously a home run there. Yeah, it's, it, you just go back and you remember he wasn't invited to the combine. It's just weird how these guys fall through the cracks. But uh, a guy that's homegrown in, in Nashville at MTSU, uh, a guy that we heard a ton about through the process. I mean, you just kind of knew. It's just kind of a foregone conclusion. Titans were going to take Kevin Byer. just didn't know where. I, I thought the third round w- was earlier than, than what I thought. Obviously, it's worked out. Uh, but he's going to get paid here probably maybe this offseason. Yeah, and I think that's probably one of those deals where, you know, the Titans picked at 64, and they didn't pick again until 140. They didn't have a fourth-round pick. Um, so I, I think, you know, Robinson realized if he didn't take him there, he wasn't going to be at 140. Um, so, uh, you know, maybe reached a little bit as far as that was concerned, but obviously that's worked out. The rest of that draft, you got Tajay Sharp and LaShawn Sims in the fifth, Sebastian Tritola in the sixth, Aaron Wallace and Kalen Reed in the seventh. Uh, listen, you know, Coming out of the fifth round with Tajay Sharp and LaShawn Sims, that, that's pretty solid right there. Um, talk about drafting for depth, but if you're doing that in the, in the fifth round, that, that's okay. 
Um, LaShawn Sims has been good when he's gotten the chance to play. Tajay Sharp is fine. We've talked a lot about him. I think Titans fans overvalue him in general. But I think that, you know, as your fourth receiver, that's fine. Uh, Tritola was a bust. Ended up when he, he got in a fight with somebody. Yeah, um, some club. Did, did that whole deal. Um, so he's no longer with the, with the, with the Titans, obviously. Then you got Aaron Wallace and, and Kalen Reed. So, I mean, overall, I, I think... Like I said, you got to be happy with those two guys in the fifth round. Anything after that, you're you know just kind of shooting darts. Kalen Reed is, you know, he's played a little bit. So I mean, not the not the worst pick ever. So I don't know. I mean, I think overall this ended up being a a pretty solid draft uh, when you factor in what Conklin was able to do early. And again, hopefully he's able to to co- come back to something close to that form. You talk about Bayer, Derrick Henry. You got a couple of, of depth guys there in the fifth round. So I mean, it, it was. I, I mean, I think it was a good draft, but I think it could have been a great draft, and that's really the, the biggest problem that I have with, with how the whole thing shook out. Yeah, added competitive depth on, on day three, and got a, a, a role player in Tajay Sharp out of the deal, a role player in Lashawn Sims out of the deal. Aaron Wallace had, had his moments uh, in, in camp and, and in preseason. Never really happened for him. Uh, same with Kalen Reed, uh, but but not too much to complain for there. On uh, on day three, but like you're saying, it could have been a, a great draft. Uh, we'll see on Conklin. You know, we'll see if Derrick Henry can do it again. Uh, I'm I'm waving my flag on, on Austin Johnson. Obviously, Kevin Dodd waved the flag on himself, but uh, Kevin Byard clearly clearly the steal of this draft. Uh, an All Pro type player, even if the national media doesn't agree. Uh, so you know, you can't complain about that. But that second second round, man, I, I think about it a lot. Uh, and John Robinson just kind of just, just missed the mark there. Uh, Could have come come away with at least two starters there. Really, only came around with uh, with Derrick Henry, and it took Derrick Henry, you know, two years to to beat out Demarco Murray there. So uh, underwhelming second round. Uh, kind of made up for it with Kevin Byard, and we'll see on Conklin. Yeah, so so absolutely. So I mean, again, you know, as we work through this, 2016 is probably the I say easiest to evaluate, but you get the most time on those guys. So I mean, you can you can talk about with some certainty what those guys are or aren't. Uh, you know, again, well, I guess with the exception of Conklin, uh, Derek Henry came on late, but yeah, you, you have more certainty with those guys than you will the, the next groups we'll talk about. But anyway, so we'll move into 2017 uh, tomorrow. Talk about that, and like I said, we'll do 18 uh, on Wednesday. If you want to, if you got any feedback on this show. Um, if you want to ask a question or if you have comments on the guys that we talked about, again, 615-787-8762. You can call in there. You can leave us a message, and uh, we'll be glad to talk about it later in the week. Uh, again, pushing if you have a smart speaker in your car, in your in your house, whatever it is, play podcast Locked On Titans. That's another way you can get us. So um, follow us on Twitter at jmorrismcm, at tlambertfb. For Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening to Locked On Titans, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite college team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.